This is the Affirm America podcast, where we stand up and speak out affirming American excellence. Coming to you deep in the heart of the Midwest, located in an undisclosed log cabin on the outskirts of town, your host, Marquis Vandemark. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Affirm America podcast. On this Monday, February the 27th, 2023, yeah, we got a little bit of rain this morning. It's still pretty mild out here. No snow, no white stuff on the ground. It's, right, it's snowing out in California, but we're still pretty nice and warm, and uh, it's looking more like spring. We're happy about that. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Affirm America podcast. I'm your host, Marquise Vandemark. Hope you're having a nice start to the new week. These are your top five headlines for this Monday morning. Let's start off with headline number five. Kamala Harris calls pro-life citizens extremists in defense of abortion. From Life News, Kamala Harris trashed the pro-life Americans on Friday, calling them extremists and defending abortion as a fundamental freedom. Harris met with leaders from the nation's most aggressively pro-abortion groups, including Planned Parenthood and NARLA, to promote killing more babies with a dangerous abortion pill. During the meeting, Harris claims pro-life Americans who want to protect babies from abortions are extremists who oppose health care, even though killing a baby and injuring a woman in abortions is the opposite of health care. This is just not an attack on women's fundamental freedoms. It is an attack on the very foundation of our public health system, Harris said. All right, so this is exactly why this woman should never be the president of the United States. And she shouldn't probably be the vice president of the United States right now because she's completely unqualified. She has no sense of speaking. She doesn't know how to lead. She's not a leader. She's a prosecutor. She was selected because she's a black woman as vice president. It's all the Biden administration's DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. This is exactly why we have to trash that idea of DEI, get rid of it, because it's absolutely destroying our country. You have people like Pete Buttigieg, who's messed up the transportation industry. You have a transgender leading the human health services. It's just unbelievable. Just those kind of terms that she made calling pro-life extremists tells you exactly where the Democratic Party is. They're completely on the far left. They have to be defeated. And that's exactly what 2024 is going to be all about, to get rid of these far leftists, get rid of this woke agenda, get rid of this whole idea that we need DEI. And that's exactly what 2024 is about. And every single person that can hear my voice needs to remember this and make sure we work to remove the Biden administration and put somebody in there that has the right viewpoint. All right, headline number four. University of North Carolina bars mandatory DEI statements for staff and students. From the Daily Mail, the University of North Carolina, UNC, has voted to ban students and staff from being forced to make diversity, equity, and inclusion statements. 
It comes just days after another North Carolina school, NC State University, reversed a requirement asking applicants to answer an essay question affirming the diversity, equity, and inclusion DEI agenda. Fox News, Kenny Yu, president of Color Us United, which advocates for a race-blind society, told Fox News Digital that his organization has been leading a campaign to remove DEI from medical education practice, but he believes the move by UNC will have implications for higher education across the country. Color Us United wrote a petition to get the dean of the UNC Medical School to denounce DEI which require diversity statements in the hiring and promotion process. Okay, just uh, as we talked about in the first headline, this is what is happening down in North Carolina, which is great. And I hope this ends up in the Supreme Court because this is a very much an unconstitutional requirement that the fact that you hire based on race, based on these inclusionary equity ideas, which sound good on the outside, but when you make it a law, this is exactly against the Constitution. So I think this is going to end up in the Supreme Court, and it needs to go there so that it can be done quickly all across the country, because this idea needs to go into the trash can, the dustbin of history. It's completely out of line with what our founding fathers built on this country And you can see the ramifications, as we just mentioned, about the hiring practices and how those kinds of ideas don't serve the American people well. The vice president's an example, on and on. We just talked about them. Pete Buttigieg, these are unqualified people, but they're checking a box. Same thing with the Supreme Court nomination of Brown. So there you go. North Carolina standing up. I hope that's a model for the rest of the country. All right, headline number three. President Biden has no plans to visit East Palestine, Ohio. From the Daily Wire, President Joe Biden defended his decision to not visit East Palestine, Ohio, this month after a massive train derailment led to a toxic spill that is impacting the local community. The catastrophic February 3rd train derailment in the small Ohio community was caused by an overheated wheel bearing on the 23rd of 149 rail cars. Local officials subsequently evacuated all residents within one mile of the accident and started a controlled burn of the vinyl chloride that the train was transporting in an effort to prevent a massive explosion from occurring. From RNC Research, Biden smirks and immediately gets very defensive when a journalist tells him the mayor of East Palestine, Ohio, says he saw you in Ukraine, and he says it tells you he doesn't care about us. Joe Biden's got a lot of problems. It's not a very good optic if he, if he thinks he's going to be running for re-election. The president's supposed to be the president of all people, even if uh, the state of Ohio is a very red state. That doesn't mean that you diss those people there and don't show up. Biden's not a leader. It took others to show up, like Donald Trump, who came. You have Pete Buttigieg that took weeks before he showed up and made lots of excuses of why he couldn't get out there because of his personal time and all the things and how he responded to the press. So this is not a leader. I'm sorry. This is um, he's just a, a firm president that has no idea of what 
is going on. He's being handled by his advisors. The former Obama people are in there guiding him, giving him advice. And it's a big joke, failure. Sorry, it's not working. You can tell by the poll numbers. He's in the tanks. All right, headline number two. The U.S. Energy Department backs COVID lab leak theory. From the Wall Street Journal, the U.S. Energy Department has concluded that the COVID pandemic most likely arose from a laboratory leak, according to a classified intelligence report recently provided in the White House and key members of Congress. The Energy Department now joins the Federal Bureau of Investigation in saying the virus likely spread via a mishap at a Chinese laboratory. Four other agencies, along with a national intelligence panel, still judge that it was likely the result of a natural transmission, and two are undecided. Michael Schellenberger, now that the U.S. Department of Energy has joined the FBI in concluding that the coronavirus likely leaked from a lab, it's worth remembering that the media in mass condemned the lab leak theory as a debunked conspiracy theory and Facebook censored people who dared suggest it. Okay, so it finally came out after years of denial. The Chinese propaganda machine won in the U.S. They were able to uh, divert the American people, not to realize that this didn't come from China, but it actually did. This was their propaganda machine. They are very good at manipulation of the masses. That's what they do in China, and that's exactly what they did here in the U.S., And unfortunately, those at the top, the American media, and even in the intelligence industry, and that's a a moxymoron because uh, they're the intelligence agency. I don't think they're very smart because the the American people knew when this first came out that this is most likely uh, came from the Wuhan lab. And now the proof is being revealed that that's exactly where it came from. So I hope this is a wake-up call. This is censorship. Uh, This is how big tech uh, censored a lot of this information. And that's the results that we have, as if we were subverted by the CCP. All right, headline number one. Supreme Court to hear student loan forgiveness case on Tuesday. From the Wall Street Journal, the Supreme Court will consider sharp curbs to the power of executive branch in a case beginning Tuesday potentially diluting the influence of future presidents for years to come. The conflict between the executive and the judiciary that has been growing in recent years will be on view when the court hears arguments over the Biden administration's roughly $400 billion plan to forgive federal student debt for tens of millions of borrowers. Two cases before the court give the justices an opportunity to set strict limits over the president's ability to implement policies without explicit authorization from Congress. The move would limit President Biden's ambitions at a moment when he faces few prospects for legislative breakthroughs. Fox News, Biden this month announced he would stop classifying COVID as a national emergency May the 11th. These federal declarations have been in place since early 2020 in the Trump administration, waiving, pausing, or modifying a range of areas including Medicaid, Medicare, private health insurance, vaccines, telework, and immigration. All right, so this is good news. That was a political stunt by Joe Biden. He's just trying to get the young people's vote. Came out right before the midterms, and it worked. 
A lot of the Gen Zs voted for him. They actually put him over the top, and it was a brilliant political move. You can only use it once because once the Supreme Court hears it and trash cans it, it will never be used again for political purposes. So thank God it was um, stopped before we went and blew another hole in our deficit, which we're already at $32 trillion. What's another $400 billion to forgive student loan debt, which is just an absurd idea. It's definitely socialist, if not communist, where people don't take responsibility for their own actions and they rely on government. Government is not the kingmaker, not the uh, arbitrator of truth in how we live our lives. That's why our founding fathers gave us liberty and freedom to make those decisions ourselves. And for some reason, more and more of our young people have become reliant on government. And that's why production is down. We need to bring back the jobs from China so that people can work and be responsible and have a good wage. The middle class has been gutted. It's been gutted by the elites and by the government and how they hand out money through all their government programs, like Medicaid, and for single mothers paying them money. That gives irresponsibility an opportunity to take root. So thank God the Supreme Court's looking at it, and let's get it passed quickly, and let's put an end to this reckless spending, and let's uh, get back to a more productive nation and be more responsible in our actions so that we can be productive America once again. All right, those are your top five headlines for this Monday morning. Thanks for joining me on the Affirm America podcast. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. See you then. This is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquis Vandemark. And let's never forget, America is great and we affirm it.